0: Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as Complementary and Alternative Medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, The Complete Guide to Complementary and Alternative Therapies. And today our topic is bioenergetic analysis. And our guest is Rick Splutter, President of the Dallas Society for Bioenergetic Analysis. Rick is also a trainer for the DSBA and has been using bioenergetic analysis with clients for 30 years. In addition, he has presented many workshops and trainings in bioenergetic analysis, both nationally and internationally. Who was Dr. Alexander Lowen, and how did he come to develop bioenergetic analysis?
1: Well, Dr. Lowen was a student of Wilhelm Reich. At the time, he was an attorney, and this was back in the 40s. He was so enamored with what Dr. Reich had to teach him about body energy and just the Reichian method, which is different than bioenergetics, that he went to medical school, became a physician, and then began to develop his brand of what he called bioenergetic analysis. He wrote his first book in 1957 and has written, I think, 14 books, something like that. He died just this past November. He was a pretty remarkable man and quite a revolutionary thinker in some of the ways that he approached things. I guess I will offer one other comment. The Reichian method involved people lying in a prone position, and Wilhelm Reich would work with them in such a way that he could help release some of the muscle tension in a person's body. With that, in effect, and literally, there was a way that once that muscle tension was relaxed, some of the emotional, almost literally locked-in emotional binds that people were storing and carrying with them would release as well. Dr. Lowen took it a step further and began working with people standing on their feet and added a very important component to the whole paradigm called grounding. And we'll be getting into that in a little bit, but that was a a significant shift and important addition to what Wilhelm Reich had developed in what he called character analysis. What we have today in bioenergetics are what we have defined as five different character structures We all have little pieces of all five character structures in this paradigm, but we tend to have a predominant character structure. And just by looking at a person's physical body, we can get a pretty good sense as to some of the emotional challenges that a child grew up with. I can give you a simple example if it sits here. Please. Everybody at some time in their life has seen a dog that uh, whenever you approach it, it tucks its tail. So, that is its characteristic way of approaching another being. Well, with that tucked tail experience, we know that a dog like that has been whipped into submission. So, they're around a human being, they tuck their tail, almost anticipating that they're going to be beaten in some way. Well, that is an oversimplified example when it comes to human beings. But that would be a stark example of the character structure types of things that we talk about in bioenergetic analysis. So that an individual, if they were to go in and meet with a bioenergetic analyst, one of the first things that that clinician would do would be some basic body reading and just get a sense as to their physical body and how it's in alignment or out of alignment in various ways, where the buildup of muscular tissue is. In some people, there's a flaccidity of the muscle, et cetera, et cetera. And all of that has to do with the way the movement of energy in the body is either stagnated or not vital enough to really get a lot of energy moving. So, The term bioenergetics has to do with bio or body energy and the character structures are ones where there are different holding patterns of the muscles and like I was saying earlier with Reich, that's the way that we hold in or brace ourselves against some of the emotional traumas that we're still carrying along with us.
0: What makes it so effective as a therapy?
1: Bioenergetics uses insight-oriented therapy, or typically what's called these days cognitive behavioral therapy, and that's the so-called state-of-the-art kind of therapy that's used in most therapists' offices these days. So that is certainly a very important component of bioenergetics. There has to be a sense of understanding as to why these things are going on in our systems. Along with that, a bioenergetic therapist would include some physical exercises to help loosen some of those chronic holding patterns of muscles in the body. And there's not really a good way to just verbally describe what those exercises are, but they're very simple and they might come close to Hatha Yoga, if people know about physical form of yoga called Hatha Yoga, where we work out some of the tight constrictions of musculature. If a person were to use that some at home on their own, there's a way then that they are not as bound up in their character. They're not as automatic in the way that they respond or react to different situations because they've loosened some of that bracing of the musculature in everyday situations. There's a simple little exercise that I guide clients through oftentimes, whether individually in therapy or in a group training process, where I'll have them imagine and picture in their mind's eye someone in their life that they have a very challenging relationship with. And they picture that person in their mind's eye. I ask them to scan their body. what do you notice in your body as you see in your mind's eye that individual? They might say, "Well, my stomach's all knotted up, or I have a tightness in my throat, shoulders, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I guide them through, oh, five minutes or less of a grounding exercise where we literally are able to move the energy of the body from those tight spaces in the stomach and the the throat and the shoulders such that those tensions are released just by working with the legs, essentially. And then, at the end of four or five minutes, I have them, again, picture in their mind's eye that individual. And hands down, everyone always reports, you know, that person I don't feel as threatened by that person right now. So in an oversimplified way of saying, what we've done is help move the energy that was bound up in the upper part of the body. We've worked the legs to such an extent that it helps shift that energy down to the lower part of the body and in some ways literally out through the bottoms of our feet. Then the person is not so bound up again with all of that energy that's just running around inside their bodies, almost like a hamster in an exercise wheel that's working very fast but not going anywhere. And, in fact, oftentimes people report, you know, all that congestion I had in my head or the frustrations that I was feeling or all those thoughts that just kept spinning around and around after just five minutes or so of grounding exercises, my head just doesn't feel as confused anymore. I don't feel as frustrated with things. So, for some people, as I'm speaking in these terms, which are new to a lot of people, they say, energy, come on, shifting it from the upper part of the body down to the lower part of the body. Come on. Well, if a person goes through just a very short session with a bioenergetic therapist, they would feel it in their body, and then they would say, oh, now I understand what you're talking about. And I have one more comment, if I could, because I think it's a stellar example of this whole grounding thing. I worked with a client years ago who had been sexually abused, a female at that time that I was working with her. She was in her probably mid-40s, and we worked together for a few years. She had been through quite a bit of her own kind of therapy, uh, cognitive, behavioral, and other kinds of therapy, and still had issues with relationships with men, et cetera, and we worked quite hard uh, with some bioenergetic techniques. One day she came into my office after we'd had a particularly strong bioenergetic session the week before, and she reported something that I thought was just remarkable. She had been sexually abused by her stepfather in her bed. So going to bed at night was always, well, let's just say over the years she was able to finally get to the point that she could sleep and sleep fairly well. But what she reported when she came into that session was, I had an amazing experience after our last session. I went to bed that night, and as I was falling off to sleep, I began to feel my body sink into the mattress. And it was a brand new experience for me. And it helped me realize that all of these years, when I would go to bed at night, my body would be almost more like a board laying on top of the mattress. But I never felt safe enough to just surrender my body to sleep such that it would press down into the mattress so that I could surrender to sleep. Now, for me, that is a telling kind of example of what happens when we release that chronic muscular holding pattern in the body. And for someone like her who had been repeatedly sexually abused and had the challenges in her life that go along with that, That report suggested to me that she had turned a huge corner such that she felt safer. And even though she wasn't at a conscious level unsafe, she recognized after that session that she still had the unsafe experience beyond what her conscious mind was aware of.
0: Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book, the second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health, is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. Does bioenergetics involve the body's fight-or-flight mechanism?
1: It does. Most people are familiar with that concept. And the fight or flight, obviously the muscles all of a sudden get charged with energy because they've got to move or fight and In our modern society, as I give stress reduction workshops oftentimes, I'll speak in terms of, well, here you are at your computer. All of a sudden, you have this thought of this person that is really frustrated to you or the boss comes by and says, you've got to get that out by four o'clock or you're fired or whatever. So we stay at the computer at those moments and we just get frustrated and anxious, but our muscles have contracted. So if we just take a few-minute break to just walk around the office or go to the bathroom and take a few deep breaths, if we have time to go out, walk outside, and there are other exercises that are very simple, very easy to do, where we can work the legs a little bit. Going up and down stairs is one of the simplest ones where we really work the leg muscles. It helps siphon off, if you will, that energy that's caught up in our heads with frustration and moves it down to the lower part of the body. And then again, we're not so caught up in our heads with all these thoughts that are just dogging us and giving us all kinds of angst and frustration. So the fight or flight, in modern society, we try to think our way through a situation. Instead of engaging the physical body where a lot of the stress hormone is secreted into our system, And unless we're up and moving, that cortisol and other kinds of chemicals that are ejected into our system, we can't move that stuff through our system, and that energy has to go somewhere. So in Western culture, it goes up into our thoughts. And round and round, that hamster wheel goes, and we can just do some simple physical things, simple, to move the hormones and chemicals and uh, energy uh, in a different way so that our thoughts are not so caught up in that. Any of those acute things are really just a tornado, if you will, of energy that doesn't have any place to go. But we can do some things with our physical body to move that stuff around and move it out of our system. The chronic situation is one where there's a chronic tension or holding pattern in the body. A typical one is constriction of the pelvis in various ways, uh, constriction in the shoulder muscles and neck after a long day of hard work. Oftentimes people will do that stretching and just feel the tension and tightness in their neck and shoulders. Those kind of chronic places where we can work with some of these exercises so that there's not as much energy available to clamp down on those traditional places, that each one of our different character structures would typically store those areas of tightness or tension.
0: Is bioenergetic analysis a long-term approach to healing?
1: It can be long-term. It can be short-term. One of the beauties about bioenergetics is that there are specific tools that are taught, and those can be taken home and used for the rest of a person's life. I always like the concept of I want to teach someone to fish. I don't want to just give them a fish. So in my way of thinking, bioenergetics offers some marvelous techniques and tools that are simple to learn, simple to apply, and can be used in a chronic stress situation or an acute stress situation. So if someone comes in and they just say, I'm just very stressed and I really just want to deal with stress reduction, I work with people just in three or four sessions, and that's the sum total of what we do. Each session lasts for just under an hour, and they learn some tools. They say, thank you very much. I never knew any of this stuff before. It's really helping. I'll call you if I need anything more. Other people would say, well, I've been depressed for years and years and years. I've been to 10, 15 years of therapy, and I understand what my depression's all about or my anxiety or whatever the presenting issue is. I have great understanding of what it's all about, but I still have the problem. So is there something that you can do for me? Well, again, using insight-oriented therapy, which is something that they would have been through a lot of in those 10 or 15 years, and then incorporating along with that these physical exercises. We can work, and sometimes it will take a year, maybe two years of therapy for someone, and with any therapeutic modality, there are many. any therapist, no matter what their modality, will say, well, yeah, I've been working with this person for five years or six years or whatever period of time. And that's just because there are some additional kinds of things that person chooses to work on. So, yes, it can be used in a short-term way. It can be used as a long-term therapeutic process.
0: In our stressful world now with the growing lack of civility in society, is there a growing tension on our bodies and society today as a result?
1: I believe so, Alan. Um, I think that there is tension beyond tension that we even notice and recognize. We've almost numbed ourselves into thinking, well that's just the way life is when we have these bursitis pains that are chronic or this tightness in our stomach or the anxiety that we feel about various things coming up. If we can do some things to just reduce the muscular holding patterns like bioenergetic offers, then instead of us being, let's say, uh, on a 90 on a 100 point scale of feeling stressed out, so it's like all we have to do is move up a few notches or one more straw on the camel's back kind of thing, If we can move that 90 down to a 60 or a 65, then we have a lot more flexibility in terms of reaching the red line or the max point of 100 in in this way of talking about it, such that then that person can feel a sense of, oh, I feel more joy, I feel more relaxed day in, day out, and it takes a lot more time for me to build up to a level of frustration.
0: Is it safe to say that we're born in our most fluid state, and as we age, we store memories, both good and bad, in ourselves until we finally die in a state of complete rigidity?
1: Well, this is an interesting thought, because uh, Lohan would speak about how we're constantly moving toward rigor mortis, our body becoming more and more constricted as we move toward the last phase of life. So, yes, I do believe that we're more fluid when we're first born or even first conceived. And, of course, there are a lot of theories a lot of people are familiar with about, well, even in utero there are various traumas that that uh, fetus would experience, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of relatively speaking, yes, I think we do tend toward more fluidity to more rigidity as we move along. However, if a person is committed to a lot of personal growth, I like the phrase, it takes a very long time to become young. And I believe that that is true in terms of breaking free of the various kinds of traumas that we've experienced as younger people growing up. And if we're committed to personal growth, I think our bodies can become quite free and quite fluid. But as I was stating earlier, the theory in bioenergetics is that almost literally... There's a way that our muscles are tight because they are locking in the emotional traumas that we have not worked through yet. And if we utilize a tool like bioenergetics to help us, then we can become much more fluid.
0: That's a wonderful phrase. It takes a long time to become young.
1: Well, I think it, it also speaks to the whole concept that unless we're intentional about trying to whether it's get closer to uh, spiritual life or intentional about uh, being loving to our family and friends, intentional about anything in life. I don't think most of us consider the idea that, oh, I could be intentional about learning more about myself and intentional about uh, releasing some of the aches and pains emotionally that I carry inside. And I think it just brings more joy every day of our life. Instead, we're so focused on, well, let's see if I can get my child into the right college and let's say if I can make more money and get this next promotion. And I don't think that that's going to bring us the joy that we can experience
0: by working on our own personal growth. What is required to become certified as a bioenergetic analyst?
1: It's a long process. It will take a minimum of five years, and most people... It takes 10 to 15 years to really become good at this kind of approach. It's not second nature to most clinicians. And once a person becomes certified, we say, well, okay, that person now has really the basic understanding the basic skills to move forward, and they're certainly competent to work with clients, but it will be several more years before they really become adept and, let's say, an artist. I think all psychotherapy is much more art than it is
0: science. Rick, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me about bioenergetic analysis today. Anyone wanting to learn more about the bioenergetic analysis process should check out the International Association's website at www.bioenergetic-therapy.com or if you live in Texas, the Dallas Society's website is at www.bioenergetics-dallas.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back again next week with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.